It's a good show. Sure, free Mormon in the meth head is great, but have you tried just giving us money? <laughs> I haven't yet. Tell me more. Go to patreon.com, Mormon in the meth head, and for $5, you can get bonus episodes. You can see videos of me just laughing for <gasps> no reason. What? You can hear a podcast with our kids on it, <gasps> and you'll hear interviews that we do with other people who also have podcasts. <laughs> wow, this sounds great. I'm going to check that out. What was that address again? Patreon.com backslash forward slash one of the slashes Mormon in the meth head. He's got a patriarchal blessing. She's blessing the patriarchy with her presence. It's Mormon and the Meth Head, everyone. If you put a Mormon and a Meth Head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and Jessica Reed are friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Some people smash the patriarchy. <laughs> Jessa just blesses it. Do you ever lay? Do you ever lay on hands in when your Christian stint? Yeah. You laid on hands. Did we? Uh, my pastor toured with Benny Hinn. I don't know. I don't know who that is. The guy with the hardcore comb over that like is on the internet, uh, knocking people down with his coat and stuff, selling out coliseums. Uh. Are there coliseums in America? Um, Sorry, conventions? Yeah, just it's that called the Coliseum Oakland. in Portland oh, where okay. they... Uh, I just was imagining concerts. him doing a tour through Greece. <laughs> like just ancient coliseums. Um, let me... Uh, All right, so your pastor toured with that guy. No, I feel like... Did a nice coliseum tour. I don't know who Benny Hinn but did is. you? Yeah, so I mean, so your church would. What, tell me what it was like when you blessed people. We did this whole. Oh, I, I've seen that guy. Yeah, I've seen that guy. Yeah, he was the shit. Like in the nineties, he. Yeah, so people would come, and uh, there's videos floating around. Damn, uh, that about swab him on the with internet. the white jacket. Yeah. So when I was on meth, I met a guy who said I went to hypnosis school with Benny Hinn. And I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Mm. But uh, yeah, people come in Dude, wheelchairs. Dude, you make me want to go to hypnosis school. Every time you talk about yeah, it. Yeah, like, that's pretty great. Uh, someone told me that. This is before I became I, I got hypnotized. But it's pretty similar to like stand-up uh, hypnotists. Anyway, yeah. It was a... Like it was non-denominational, but it was very Pentecostal. So there was a lot of like slaying people in the spirit. Like that's how I got saved. Was they were the teenagers were laying hands on each other mm -hmm. and then like falling down, you know. Mm. And I had a very supernatural experience. We spoke in tongues. You would tell me if you thought I was becoming an addict, right? Aren't you talking about the fact that you drank? Uh, that it's 10.30 in the morning and that you drank half a bottle of wine out of the bottle already and now you're smoking the weed pen? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. I would tell you. I know I wouldn't. You know you wouldn't? I wouldn't. Why? Because there's no point. In telling someone? Yeah, this is this thing where, uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess some people have gotten clean from interventions, but when people ask my advice on how to deal with addicts not that that's what you're sincerely asking but when people are like my son is uh, addicted to whatever what do i do i'm like just take your hands off the steering wheel and let them figure it out stop trying to stop something that is uh gonna have to run its course now and i really think that that's why i got clean on my first shot is because i didn't try to quit till i was done this is why i feel similarly about mormonism yeah where uh no one no one tried to get me out this is the like I don't, I don't get a lot of the trolling, the angry trolling that ex Mormons do, where I'm like, who do you think you're reaching, man? You just uh, just admit that you're just uh you're you're angry and you're just like I don't, you're not helping anyone by posting shit on some Mormons Facebook page. Like you're not gonna change their mind. Do they evangelize leaving Mormonism? Oh fuck yeah yeah. Are you sure it's just not? Uh, are you talking about like on Facebook and stuff? It's not just them projecting 
venting their own uh, frustration with the church? Or you mean they, that they do, like they actively do that. go after active members of the church to Absolutely. try to get them out? Oh, and okay. it, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a lot of vitriol oh, and stuff involved. Sense. But there, I mean, there are people, imagine, I'm, all right, trying to you, save their people, loved ones yeah, after exactly. they realize there are that it's people, there, there are a lot of, you know, I understand the place that it comes from. I love my parents, uh, but I just feel like my parents are happy and it's fine. I, I, I think a lot of people can see their loved ones in really hurtful, damaging situations where you're just like, he would be so much happier if he wasn't Mormon anymore. But you can't. You can't. You can't talk to them about. I feel like it's gotta be. You're actually gonna push them further back into it because you're putting them in a position to have to defend this. This comes up all the time with relationships, where uh, I had someone very close to me get involved with a narcissist, and I felt like I real like a legit narcissistic personality disorder, and the damage that these people do to their victims is insane the emotional abuse is is will last a lifetime you'll spend a lifetime trying to deprogram from the nightmare of dating uh someone with npd for a few years and uh so my best friends at the time got involved with a narcissist and i felt and related to her also so i felt i was trying to save her from him and i'm usually someone who knows like people have to experience their life experience but since it was like an outsider i felt coming into my family and i put myself at odds with him and tried to get her to see what was happening and i was sending her articles all the time because it was like bullet pointed oh, her damn. shit yeah no it was crazy and it ruined my relationship with her because i was pushing her further close to him by not just letting her and it did it did long term damage and i felt like that was the train wreck that i was trying to stop mm-hmm. but uh i think a lot of times i pushed her back i put her in a position to have to defend him which i usually know better than stuff like that so when you when you when you try to overtly go after someone and make them change something you put them in a position to have to defend the thing that you're trying to help them from rather than just taking but i did this with uh with my sister my little uh, my youngest sister uh or not my youngest sister one of my sisters when i got clean i had like six months clean they're all way younger than me that's what they're all uh yeah, is this the one that was your that was your fake daughter on the bus, or is this, no, uh, no? That so that's the youngest one. Okay, so this is my uh, my other sister, and I she was addicted to drugs, and I brought her out to Delaware and uh, moved her into my dad's house, which is not her dad because my siblings are all half siblings, and jammed recovery so far down her throat that I put her into it. I probably drove her to secretly drink, uh, imposing my, like I got clean. So now it, I knew that everyone didn't have to get clean, but like everyone that does heroin has to get clean. And I, in, I uh, mothered her almost, uh, parented her, and we moved back to Portland. She lived with me. I had all these rules about how she couldn't drink or whatever uh, because it would put my recovery at risk. And it was never oh. going to do that. It was never. I am just needed an excuse to justify me trying to control another person. Mm-hmm. And so I had this feigned. Because people do that. Like we, we make up reasons why we have a stake in the you know what i mean like why why i have the right so if you want to live in my house and the truth was the truth was i wanted to be friends with her i wanted us to hang out and as long as she wanted to party she wanted to go hang out with other people and uh i was lonely and i wanted my sister to be in recovery with me so we could be best friends i mean really when you get down to the the true true motives which took a long time to unpack you know i did want her to be clean i did think she should need to be clean but i like i knew better than a lot of this stuff and so i kicked her out of my house for drinking with her friends and mm. fucked up uh, that relationship for a long time my whole life is uh, i have had to learn to let people make their own mistakes and do their own thing and I, i'm pretty good at it now but that's after a series of and then usually when you look at it there's i'm 
uh, self-righteous is a, a shitty characteristic. I did, yeah, I was self-righteous for a really long time. I learned, so my thing about, I'm not going to, we've t- we've talked on the podcast before about I'm not super anti-Mormon and stuff. And, you know, I feel like some people wish that I, I was. Someone on the, on a Reddit thread was saying, you know, like, I wish Aaron would come down harder on, on stuff. And I already made that mistake. I yeah. already, I already made the mistake of, of thinking I knew better than other people and tried to convince them of my lifestyle when I was Mormon that I spent two years talking to people in Italy about why they, they were wrong and they needed to be more like me. And I, that's a gross generalization. And I loved my mission, but I regret, I would go back and do it again. But I regret those two years because I didn't listen to anyone. I re- what I regret. I wish I'd gone to Italy and just let everyone talk to me, and tell me about their life and let and get wisdom from them. But here I was, twenty years old, thinking I knew everything. Right. And I came home from my mission. My brother wasn't in the church anymore, and I loved my brother. I feel really embarrassed now because I tried to get him to, uh, you know, I just preached to him all the time. And oh, when he left the church, yeah, man, I oh, did. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Well, he's 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 forgiven me for it. He's really he's really cool, and he loves me, and he knows. And I also wasn't a huge asshole about it. Like I I I am. Like it genuinely came from this, and I yeah. think a lot of Mormons do come from this 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 worried, concerned place where you're just like, I see that you're unhappy because he was. Yeah, he was very unhappy, and I was like, I know the secret. I know how you can be happy, and it's coming to church, it's singing hymns, it's repenting, it's it's reading the scriptures because I did it, and I am happy. Which I mean, I was I was happy at that time, yeah. and I was doing all those things right, and so I thought that meant that everyone's experience is exactly like mine and like this is the one answer for everyone. Uh, and it's not, yeah. you know, my brother was just like politely as he could said, fuck you, man, stop this. I'm sick of this. And uh, I would, that made me sad. But then like when I finally got to know him and I finally got to know why he was sad and why he wasn't in the church and what like everything made sense and i just didn't care anymore and i was like oh okay and i never talked to him about it again and so now that i'm out of the church why would i do the exact same thing why would i bother other family members i just i get it when it comes from a place of love and concern i totally get it but i also no longer believe that what's true for me is true for everyone which is true wisdom i always said that in uh like who who gets saved uh you know like when i was in christianity and stuff and they would be out harassing women at a uh abortion clinic or you know like picketing shit i'm like who who gets saved when you're out mm. picketing people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who, who's like, oh yeah, man, man, I want to be a part of that. You know, stop yeah, jamming is. things down people's throats. Every six months, Mormons have a general conference in Salt Lake City where mm-hmm. the prophets speak and stuff. And there are always protesters outside. Uh, yeah. Uh, picketers. I mean, they've got signs. That's uh, all this stuff about Joseph Smith and blah, blah, blah. And uh, good for you guys. Uh, I would love to see your numbers on, yeah. how, on how many yeah. converts you've got. <laughs> like how many how many families of five that drove from Santa Fe to come to General Conference are stopped in their tracks on the way in by a guy being like, uh, Joseph Smith wrote the Book of Mormon. He made it up. Yeah, they're and like, they're oh, like shit. They're like, wait a minute. Hold on. Stop, honey. Stop. <laughs> Sir, what did you just say? Hold on. He made it up? You're shitting me. We are about to go inside. Thank you. <laughs> Honey, get back in the car. We're going home. Uh, like I just, uh, I, I, and like I said, I understand where the, the, the need, the desire comes from. Uh, I just 
question its efficacy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did. So the, the thing when my, when I got clean, uh, I went out to, to Delaware to visit for two weeks and ran out of drugs and my dad didn't address it. Hadn't seen me in five years. I don't have any teeth. I'm clearly, mm-hmm. I missed the plane, everything else. And he just doesn't acknowledge. It's just the elephant in the room. And it made me want to like, and he had been in recovery. I think he had like seven years clean at the time. So it made me finally say like, I haven't been sober this long in a long time. And then he just barely started talking about recovery. And then I immediately got defensive. Like, well, I'm not getting clean. I just run, ran out of drugs. And then at the end of that, when he said the thing about if you get home and this is stale, stale uh, all of that was so aw- like letting me know that the help was there, which I needed to know that I had the option of coming back, but without feeling pushed, which is my plan for you. If you continue to drink entire bottles of wine <laughs> at 10 o'clock in the half, morning is just to let you know I think you don't get a quarter to. maybe a third of a bottle of wine you cracked that bottle last night at like one yeah i drank ha- drink. i drank half of it last night yeah I drank half of it last oh, night. oh okay yeah sorry your your breakfast wine was only My breakfast like a wine. quarter yeah a quarter you know i just gotta get in a good podcasting zone see this is what i worry about i feel like i i'm like well i just i use i use drugs to function better like there's a lot of <laughs> there's uh i you know and i feel like oh wow you know like if a little if a little bit of weed makes me relaxed in social situations then yeah i want to smoke before i go into a, a situation where i might get tense or whatever yeah i've I, and i i got high <laughs> i got high every time i had to go to court with tabitha <laughs> just because i was like i need to get through this without having a meltdown yeah i need to be stoned and i loved i loved having that tool yeah that's how i view it i was like oh this is a really cool cheat code you know uh but then and i know and i when we record podcasts i like getting a little high and i didn't have any weed so i was like oh I'll drink some because i feel like it makes a better podcast i get a little bit loose yeah and, and stuff but then it, it also is like then starts crossing over into i'm really sad and i would like to be happy oh yeah well i've got all these quote unquote tools yeah i've got these tools that i can they're functional you know just if you want to be if you're sad and angry all you have to do is use these tools and then i'm like oh aaron are you in trouble right now are you in trouble we we're just talking you and i about replacing addictions with other addictions yeah people uh get clean from drugs but then you know do lotto or something they're, yeah because they just they're they're not a drug addict as my friend andy gold had just was talking about is not a drug addict but an addict i've got yeah. i've got you know i'm just I'm, i get addicted to stuff and i happen to be addicted to drugs for a while and now i'm addicted to other stuff and i wonder if i uh <laughs> if like i'm just i'm like well i I'm replacing religions is what I'm doing. It's yeah. like I, I, I lost uh, a religion and now my new religion is uh, what? $8 Chardonnay. <laughs> Eight, $8 bottles of Chardonnay is my new religion. Let, come, let me uh, teach you the new gospel. The good word. A lot of people do the inverse of that. A lot of people leave, get sober and then and become religious. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yours might be better. Maybe. There is, for me... A lot of people, like when I was in recovery, you know, first of all, you're you're emotionally stunted at wherever you started using. So recovery, mm. uh, the rooms are funny in that you have a bunch of 30-year-olds that just got sober, but they're all basically emotionally 15. So you watch all of their relationships and all of the drama and everything is really funny because mm. it's a, basically a bunch of grown-ass teenagers because you don't navigate any of that stuff. Is that why I act like I'm an eight-year-old? Because that's when I started. That's when I joined. <laughs> oh, shit. And then there is a ton of... Oh, this is a classic self-righteous Jessa move. There is a ton of replacing other addictions. So everybody's fucking each other. The, uh, a lot of us become sex addicts. I did not because mm. the social anxiety made me not want to touch me. For me, it, it became binge eating. And I mean, I was like drinking massive amounts of coffee and smoking cigarettes and, and, uh, I quit smoking cigarettes cause Jason 
quit smoking and immediately became a pain in the ass non-smoker. And so I was like, fine, I'll just quit. And I said, this is going to be my last cigarette and I never smoked again. And then the binge eating started. And this has intermittently been a problem my whole life. But I was, I would like, when I was a kid, I would hide in the bathroom and just eat. I know weird the bathroom and just eat an entire tub of ice cream. And so I would go on these like benders that would be like 10, 15,000 calories in a day, just like crazy benders. I would gain 20 pounds. That's probably how many calories I eat in a day, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's like, I, uh, but for you're a, a much smaller body than I am. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't actually know what calories are in what. So a lot. <laughs> A lot. a lot. I would eat until I was sick. You're supposed to eat like 2,000 a day is what they yeah, say. Yeah, so that's what like, I mean. It was definitely me 10 break. times. It was 10 times at least what I was supposed to be eating. But an entire pizza. And then I just start putting cheese on things, melting cheese on whatever I can find in the house. And uh, sugar, like crazy amounts of sugar. So I would eat until I was sick. And then like shaking sick. And then, and then lay there and like sweat and feel feel bad and like room spinning sick and then as soon as i would get to the point where that had just subsided enough to where i didn't feel sick i would be back in the kitchen Are just eating it? more oh again. my god yeah wow i've never eaten that much to the, the room is spinning yeah till i like yeah till my body is like freaking out and then i did would you want do you think you you wanted to make your body freak out like did you want that sort of out of control feeling that's an interesting question it was definitely like a self-destruct because then there was like the shame cycle and it's right. the only thing i never felt that with drugs i did drugs because i liked drugs and the second i got I got bored with them. I stopped. I never did drugs against my will. I never drank against my will. I was very pro drug and alcohol. And then I, and then I stopped and, uh, I quit smoking on my first try. The only thing that I can relate this like shame cycle with was food. And this was my whole life. I dealt with this and I've been 250 plus pounds, uh, multiple times in my life. This is the first time I've maintained a weight, for more than a month and it's been over a year that i just kind of stick in this uh mm. thing that i'm in right now but it's just because i'm allergic to so many foods now i just it's hard to gain weight but <laughs> i yeah so i would i would eat until i uh was physically ill and would just have to lay there and then i would and then at work they had these things called snow creams that were cream cheese sour cream and heavy cream and it made like a cheesecake mousse almost and i would eat like six, six or seven of them in a day and i would get so cracked out from the sugar that i would be God acting damn. crazy and everyone thought it was funny mm -hmm. but then the shame and the guilt knowing that i was just going to gain an insane amount of weight because i would gain weight so fast and everything would become unmanageable i'd have to go buy new clothes because i've just blown up uh, in a few days and then I couldn't stop and it would go on for a few days and then I would get my shit together. How long is this whole binge eating period? A the year? The binge eating period that uh, from the time I got clean, I got clean and gained 40 pounds probably and I was never small like even on meth that when I very first started shooting up, I got down to like 140 pounds. You look small in some of these pictures I've seen. Yeah, so those you are like small. shooting up pictures. That's 140 pounds which is I'm allegedly supposed to be 150 but I'm five allegedly. I'm a, like 178 right now, which is uh, and looking good. <laughs> 175 is where I should be. So girl is thick. Uh, two C's, lots of spaces. <laughs> the binge eating that led to me going to a hypnotist was right before my wedding. I'd already had my dress uh, that I bought out of someone's trunk when they got dumped. <laughs> such a piece of shit she's like crying in the bathroom and i was like oh it's gonna be okay did you want to sell me that dress or <laughs> mormons do that well mormons get engaged super fast and so and it doesn't always end in marriage and uh they treat it like it's the biggest fucking deal in the whole world when they get when they get dumped by in, in reality 
uh, they get dumped by a, a, uh, a college girlfriend that they had been dating for three weeks, but it, she was supposed to be your wife. And so it's just devastating. Right. And so they had already bought like their dress and their ring. So there's so many sad dudes selling engagement rings in Provo and oh sad girls. God, so like, I'm, so ne- crazy. I'm never going to wear this dress. Uh, <laughs> I'll never go to heaven. Do they ever save their dress for the the engagement in three more? Oh, I hope it's probably happened, but don't do that. <laughs> That's so. Oh, Boy, you don't want to trivialize your. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, people ask me all the time stuff like, "Did you uh, you guys talk about soaking yet?" They ask me stuff, and I'm like, "Is this a is this uh, a Mormon?" I know you're gonna hate this. I'm like, "Is this a Mormon thing? Like, a, is it a? Because there's two things you won't talk about. You won't talk about something that is like cliche magic underwear type shit. You don't uh, want to talk about any of the super cliche Mormon stuff. Yeah, man. Fuck, I don't know why uh, Andy Gold keeps coming up in this episode. Check out his podcast, I guess. <laughs> uh, I just want Andy Gold uh, to give me his uh, to rent a room to me. Now, so I'm just like, I'll, I'll, I'll plug you, man. <laughs> Be my friend, Andy. No, but Andy was just talking about because so Andy uh, uh, lives in uh, was from Utah. Now lives in L.A. Is he ex Mormon? Uh, I, I I don't really know. I think his parents are probably Mormon, but I mean, like he started doing heroin at a very young age, oh, so okay. he's he's been out for a while. Yeah, uh, you don't really uh, uh, do smack and then uh, <laughs> like go to church on Sunday still. So I mean, I don't I don't think he has the same sort of identity crisis that okay. I that I had, but. I'm, pretty sure he was raised mormon but he was talking about like you tell someone you're from utah and you can like start a countdown three two one and then they'll ask you about magic underwear God. it's just the dumb it's just everyone wants the first to talk thing about that it pops and so in it's, your just, head it's just is boring the thing you should not say it, why don't people know that God. don't you know like the when first I see- joke you want to make is the one you should not make right you should you shouldn't have to take uh <laughs> improv classes to figure that out why like this, this when, when your facebook feed fills up with the same hot take uh that you just everyone's making the exact same joke you're like y'all are morons like why yeah. don't you just say nothing yeah. why don't you say nothing you have to go to the underwear first your friend your friend asked me about under your friend uh well first of all your friend asked me if i lived in la and i was like no i live in uh utah and she was like uh-oh watch out for those mormons out there and i was like you have no idea who i am do you what you're at the mormon in the meth head show it's on the fucking poster who do you think you just like you're just like how weird that i ran into a, a comedian from salt lake city at the mormon and the meth head show that i bought a ticket for okay uh but then she immediately asked about underwear. underwear. She's like, did you? Wear? Well, I was like, I was like, well, I mean, I was. Or you think you said you? He was Mormon. Yeah. And you're like, oh, <laughs> did you wear the underwear? <sighs> and it's uh, it's weird. Can you imagine if people asked you about your underwear? <laughs> it was just upon strangers, <laughs> strangers, seconds within meeting you, wanted to know details about your undergarments. <laughs> You got, you got, you got that Victoria's Secret on, babe. What you, where, where you get your bras from? You were, you're like, it's just, it's a, uh, it's a strange uh, and intimate question. But I feel like people are fascinated by the underwear thing, yeah. Um, because underwear, it's yeah. taboo. It's weird. It's weird that it's, you would be like, oh, magic underwear. But here's the thing about the garb, like, it, it's, it's religious garb. It's the, it's uh, the same thing as a yarmulke. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an outward reminder of inward covenants. That's what the, that's what the underwear is, which we don't call it underwear. We call them garments. They're called, they're called holy garments, sacred garments, temple garments. Uh, they're, they're just, and rather than having you walk around in a robe, you're wearing them underneath. Yeah. Your clothes. You wear them underneath your clothes. So that you, it's close to you. It's close to your body. Mormons are big on the body and the soul and the relationship between the physical and the spiritual and stuff. So you, you wear this close to your, to your skin. Uh, and it's they've got like symbols on it that are supposed to help remind you of certain covenants that you've made. It's a it's a way for you to uh, remember God. Right. And um, like, which they, as far as religion goes, is not crazy. It's not. It's no. not that crazy. It's really. It's really not. Uh, but I mean, it is like. <sighs> I think that garments do suck. The second I stopped wearing them, I was like, whew, God, this is great. And I can't even imagine what it's like to be a woman. You have to wear, you. so you put on panties, 
Then you pull on your garment bottoms over top of your panties. Then you put your garment top on. You tuck that into the garment bottom. And then you put a bra on over top of the garment. No, you don't. Yeah. And it's like, that's got to be. Does anybody ever break rules and put their bra on underneath? Uh, That would drive me nuts. Yeah. The garment shorts would be. I would wear those now because (laughs) I. uh, These big ass thighs chafe in the summer. (laughs) So I wear garments we call them some we call them spanks but i uh <laughs> i have to wear those in the summer spanx. i wear garments to Dude, remind me about my relationship with my big ass thighs <laughs> uh, and what happens what fiery hell happens if i leave the house without my garments yeah but there's just uh i never i never said this when i was mormon because other Mormons did, and I was like, you look like an ass. You can't. Now that I'm not Mormon, like or now that I'm like on the outside, I feel more comfortable saying, it is strange to me, the, uh, the religions and the groups that our society gives special protections to in terms of speech. Yeah. Like, don't, hey, 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 you can't. Like, when Bill Maher makes fun of uh, Muslims, mm-hmm. And people freak out, like without making fun of them. He's just like, I don't, you know. Anyway, he he takes shots at people, and they're like, you can't do that. But Mormons are totally okay. Bill Maher yeah. makes a joke about Mormons. No one gives a shit. And I'm just like, if you if you can you imagine if you guys said all this shit about yarmulkes, uh, uh, uh like that you do about uh garments. Actually, maybe maybe uh. Uh, Jewish people are another bad example. I feel yeah. like Jewish people do get to get teased all the time, um, but still, it's just like. But when I when Mormons be like, hey, it's not fair. Everyone makes fun of Mormons. I'd be like, shut up. You're not allowed. You know, like you yeah. sound like a baby right now. Yeah. Uh, you just sound like they made fun of me and I can't take it. But now that I'm not, uh, I I I do. I'm like, you know what. People do uh, make fun it of Mormons. It is open season it on is, the Mormons. It's okay. I think this is what but I guess, uh, binds us together is because we are, uh, It's people aren't nice to tweakers either. No. No. <laughs> well, do you think people should be nice? Uh, like, here's the other thing too. Like, I don't know. I don't mean not nice because who gives a fuck, but I mean that these are two like mm-hmm. openly mocked yeah. uh, groups of people. Sometimes I, sometimes I feel like, I don't, it just depends on what you're making fun of. Uh, for me, there's stuff that I feel like hey, that's great. You should make fun of the Mormons for that because that's a huge problem and it should be pointed out. Or like, haha, that's great, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, and then there are things where I'm like, uh, well, especially if you're making fun deal? of something that you don't understand, because yeah. the implication of magic underwear is that you guys think like that they're magic and yeah. that they are like protecting you from something or giving you some type of uh, supernatural say, power. I know, I know where that idea comes from. There are people that think that. There are people that, you know, uh, they're just, Mormons have so many urban legends, so many urban legends. It's a, I wonder if other religions have stuff like this because I would hear people share stuff from the pulpit and I, and as a kid, I'd be like skeptical, you know, I just immediately was like, well, I don't believe that. Right. You know, someone would be like, uh, he, he was in a fire and he had burns all over his body except for where his garments were covering <laughs> the garments. He has no burns on his body there because the garments uh, protected him. And I'm like, yeah, who was that? And they're like, oh, it's a guy, a, a friend of mine went to church with him. Like he, he they, they're from, they live uh, in California, uh, but like my friends, they're bishop. So like, I know. And I'm like, really? Because uh, David over here uh, told me that exact same story. <laughs> About his friend, uh, <laughs> you know, like like every everyone has the friend. So I personally never ever thought that that my underwear was gonna save me from anything. Oh. I never there like I never thought that a bullet would pierce through my missionary like white shirt, but then like bounce off of the garment. Uh, <laughs> the people that I've heard that story was like there's a hole there's a hole in his shirt, but not in his garment. How do you you know? It's like yeah. So that's where this magic. Oh. Uh, the magic underwear yeah. stuff comes from, but I, I feel like me and a bunch a, a bunch of other Mormons know that that's just not. But uh, anyway, so Holy I don't shit. like I don't like the the underwear question thing is dumb. I don't uh, I won't do I don't I always said I would never tell any jokes about polygamy. I would never do jokes about polygamy because uh, I had heard them already. I had heard them. I remember was you it Todd are Glass as disassociated with polygamy as the rest of us. Right, because I love poly- like I am obsessed with mm-hmm. polygamy. I've watched all the polygamy shows, 
and they uh, feel more connected to people like me than they feel to LDS church people. I think that's a that's a very interesting statement. Yeah, I think I I they feel very ostracized there's, there's, by you yeah, and judged we hate them. by you and they think uh, that that's not fair because they are part of the original church that the LDS yeah. church is just trying to whitewash I know. away. It is, it is unfair because we're like, you guys are so weird and freaky and you believe in such weird things. Anyway, my underwear stops bullets. <laughs> you guys need to stop though. Stop what you're doing. Their polygamy makes more sense in Mormonism than monogamy. What do you mean? Why? I just would love to do a polygamy episode. Because the premise of the whole point is for you to get married and have kids and build this family. So they're real heavy on the having yep. kids, which you need more than one uterus to yes. get that get that aim we do, accomplished. So I do I do not believe that that is how polygamy started. I do believe that polygamy started by uh, men in power wanting to fuck more people. Yeah. Uh, but then it, they had to reverse engineer reasons right. why the whole church. And so, yeah, they then became like, yeah, whatever serves their names. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. But I mean, my whole life. Yeah. Like when I was be like, why did we used to do that? That's like, that was a problem that I had as a kid. And then it would be explained to me very rationally. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, we, you know, God, like the whole purpose of this life is to bring spirit children, God's children into this physical world Get, build up the kingdom of God and return to him. So, I mean, blah, 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 blah. Like, the, And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. And I, it's, it's wrong for everyone to make fun of us for it. And uh, now I feel differently, right? I'm like, okay. Uh, yeah, you can take shots uh, at, at Joseph or Mormons and stuff for because what they were doing was uh, shady as hell. But... I, my personal thing was like, I'm just not going to do jokes about polygamy because everyone's done it. Yeah. It's just, it's just hack. I re and like, I just, I've heard it. I've heard it. I've heard it. There are so, I tell tons of jokes about being Mormon. It's my whole act because, the, but there's a million things that are funny about us that no one talks about. Yeah. Coffee is infinitely funnier to me than polygamy. Yeah. The, the, you know, and so I just. So, but we get back to soaking. Soaking's the other thing that I, I people ask me about it all the time. You're a Mormon? Are you, are you ever soaked? And so soaking, floating. What, what's it called? There's another name for Is it. Is it planking? Planking. That's what Jason said. I'd never heard that yeah. one. Something. I think there's something about Levi's, like some sort of name, but whatever. The idea, if you are unfamiliar, is that uh, Mormons, in an effort to uh, get find a loophole around having sex is that they insert their penis into a vagina and then don't move. <laughs> Just let it sit there. Just let it soak. Just float. Don't move because sex is just the 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 movement back and forth, <laughs> right? That that way, uh, if you don't if you don't move back and forth, then uh, God won't be angry at you. And I've heard this urban legend, this rumor, this story, these From people jokes. outside of Mormonism. All my life. Yeah. I have never, ever met a single person who told me that they did it. I don't think anyone has because it doesn't make any sense to me. Think about it. You're telling me, like, if, it, it, who, who's going to get their dick wet for the very first time and not move it. You yeah. mean you're gonna you're gonna convince yourself all the way that like this is okay. You're gonna get all the way inside a vagina and then not do a, a couple of thrusts. You're not gonna you're not gonna hump one time. I I just feel like dry humping's totally a thing. Over yeah. over the clothes is totally a thing, and I'm for it, baby. Oh, do I like I I think that's hot. Go for it. You want to do over the clothes stuff? Go for it. Because I feel like a lot of Mormons say, "All right, well, I won't have to confess to my bishop as long as we don't take our clothes off." Like right. we didn't, we didn't do anything wrong. We didn't do anything wrong. We just, uh, we just dry humped, you know. We just, I just, you know, sat on him for a little while. Uh, that's not, that's nothing, right? Um, the the amount of guilt we feel just from sitting on like our boyfriend's lap. There's no way we could ever think we could uh soak and and that be fine there's no like people still confess to their bishop about like uh i i i grazed the, the her boob over top of her shirt with the back of my hand you know because they feel guilty about that yeah 
the any Mormon that gets that far is just gonna fuck. Yeah. Any Mormon that gets that far is just going to have sex, and either they won't care, or they will. They they'll confess to their bishop, or they just won't tell anything. There's no one that's going to soak. Right. I, that's dumb. Yeah. But everyone thinks we've all done it. And was like, so you're soaking in your magic underwear. <laughs> and I was like, actually, <laughs> I just, I don't know why I get, thanks, thanks for getting me wound up about yeah. this. this. I uh, do want to talk about polygamy and why it's a, we a healthier do an on that. version of love than a healthier than version mon- of love. Monogamous. Uh, hmm. Oh, that would be a great way to well, talk I, about monogamy. I, yeah. I just, I feel like, I feel bad for, like the stories that I know about Mormons and polygamy, it just, it just feels like women were getting abused. It just feels like men were getting everything they wanted in women. The, fun, the uh, fun, fundamentalists? Is that what they're Yeah, like I've read stories. This, there's, there are offshoots of the Mormon church that are definitely cultier than the Mormon church ever was or is right, right. now. And they exist. What's this, what's, this, what's this group called? David something. It's fucking, it's nuts. They, li- they hide in plain sight. They, they're in Salt Lake City. There's this whole group of people that are in this weird polygamous cult thing, but they own a lot of shit. Like they own a bunch of stores. They own like this energy company. Like, and I, you see their ads like before movies in Utah. It's like Washaki, Washaki Energy, whatever. And then like then then I, I didn't know about any of this until they got raided by the FBI. And it was and then I, I found out that they all these people are just. Uh, there's just a bunch of dudes who essentially fuck kids, like fuck their nieces and then marry them and then disown all their male offspring. They kick. There's all these. There's all these. Uh, what? Yeah. There's like. There's a. There. At least there was. I don't know how bad the problem still is, but there was a, a huge problem. There was like this article in Rolling Stone and what I don't know somewhere in 2003 or something about the Lost Boys. Look that up. Yeah. It's a really fascinating article. It's because all these all these uh, young teenagers were homeless in Utah. And they have no skills. They do not know how to interact in society because they weren't raised in it. They were raised it, hidden away in this little cult. And, yeah, it's a, <laughs> this no. Is this the, is the, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they yeah. They're homeschooled and stuff. against homeschool. They don't know how to. They don't know how to get jobs. They don't know how to handle money because they were never allowed to. But they get too old, and their elders come up with a reason to kick them out. Like they listened. They listened to Smash Mouth or something, and they're like, "You can't be here anymore." But the real reason is that you just you your society can't exist if there are too many men. You need yeah. to have you need to have more women than men. So all these boys. Uh, get get uh kicked out, and it's like so fucking like these. They're, the women are just used as baby makers. They're just baby machines. You just have to pump out more babies, and like they they these kids never know their dads. They never really know their dads. They're often very abusive. The only people they know like is their mom and their mom. These 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 women are connected obviously to all their children. They're investing themselves in their children because that's the best part of their life. And then their children are being ripped away from them and and kicked out and put on the street and you never get to see your mom again and so like and so then they all start using drugs and they're all just like criminals and home like it's a real the it's really really fucked up so i've never thought of polygamy as being a healthier version of love wow yeah i guess i should clarify that i'm talking about like uh the people that have shows on tlc (laughs) that it was uh healthier than lds love Oh, is that okay? All and right. uh, anyway, so I thought you were just saying it was he- it was healthier than just monogamy. It was just like, but it, you specifically you meant it's healthier than codependency. You just meant it was weird for more. It's weird for LDS people today to look down on uh, polygamists because. No, I'm not even. I'm not even. I okay. I don't think I'm judging it that hard. The thing that I always liked about polygamy, I like to just know things about people that are different than me because it's so interesting. But I was fascinated by polygamy because here you have religious people who, to me, I associate with closed mindedness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then they're doing this thing that requires you to overcome. So I'm not talking about grown ass men marrying teenagers. And I'm not talking about like this fundamentalist, crazy, gross thing, but the consensual, polygamy of people who have reality shows on tlc or the big love big love uh i've never watched it it weird because it's about uh like a business owner in utah who uh is secretly 
polygamist. And so I thought that that was just a super made up thing. But then you just yeah, which stuff. does exist. Yeah, which does exist. But like when I, when that show came out and I was in high school and stuff. Yeah, everyone would like because it wasn't me. It wasn't our church. Yeah, I was like, those are lies. Yeah, that doesn't happen. No one practices polygamy. Bit, 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 bit. Yeah, then you find out people do. Yeah, people there is there are people in Utah. They're just not mainstream Mormon. They're so like offshoots. Was it my five wives or sister wives? Those guys, they so they would have like secret polygamy houses. In Big Love, he had all of his wives each had their own house and they were neighbors. Uh-huh. But he had taken out the fences in the backyard. So they had one big backyard. But he had to like, mm-hmm. uh, he lived in one and he only went to the other ones through the backyard. And the, the people that they had to hide from in that and in Sister Wives, which is real-ish, you know, is the Mormons. And so in Sister Wives, this whole community of polygamist Mormons have to be secretly polygamist. And they end up having to homeschool their kids for the most part to keep anyone from finding out that they're polygamist. But they polygamist. do have a TV show. This is well, what so I never... They were the first ones that came out with the TV show and uh-huh. ended up having to flee Utah because the cops were coming after them. And they had to move to Vegas mm. where they don't have uh, bigamy laws. Even though they're not legally married, you're only legally married to the first wife, and then you're you're uh, sealed to the rest of the wives. And but the you know the the premise of Mormonism makes more sense if you're going to believe the premise of your own planet and stuff. Why would you want your planet with like one bitch and a couple of kids? You know, you want your own planet with like a grip of of your fucking offspring. So this dude has I, I don't know seventeen kids or something four wives and they're all adults and three of them had been his wife like they they got married within a few years of each other and then he married one during the course of the show but in this show is these people obviously i don't resonate with the fact that we don't bring more dudes in you know and Mm. his his response to someone saying something about what if your wife took another husband and he was like that's foul and disgusting Mm -hmm. i didn't like that obviously (laughs) but here is uh, people navigating uh, jealousy. You can't be codependent in a relationship like this. You know, you have to learn how to work with other people. You have to learn how to, uh, I mean, I guess the codependence could be something different, but it's really like challenging them to push the envelope in like self-examination and communication and working together. You know, all the sister wives don't necessarily like each other. And he dealing with the, each wife and and navigating her in a way specific to her, you know, and uh, how they all the, the, the three older wives reacted when the new wife uh, came along because obviously that's a new love. And that's like a thing I've read about in like polyamory and stuff. I've read a bunch of books on polyamory because it's so... Anything challenging what you've just been told love is your whole life is so interesting to me. And non-monogamy is so... I resonate with fuck whoever you want. I resonate with that just because I think it's... I think it's... People cheat like a motherfucker. So maybe that's the thing that made me say like maybe monogamy is the problem. Maybe... Maybe this way that we do things is the problem. And what I found, I'm going to go on a tangent. What I have found when I started saying like, maybe we just shouldn't be monogamous because I got hurt by monogamy. Like I got hurt, hurt. Getting cheated on is so painful, so insanely painful. And it's this whole thing when you find out, it feels like everyone knew. You feel betrayed by everyone on the planet at once. Uh, you can't stop imagining them uh, uh, fucking the person and it feels like uh, they were laughing at you the whole time they did it. Like it's a very, it's extremely painful. And at the end of a five-year marriage where I got cheated on several times, uh, I, I, I was driven to figure out how to never go through that again, how to never feel that way again. And what made sense to me was why don't I just not be attached to what this person does with his dick? So I, the rest of my relationships, the, the, the rest of my love relationships have been intermittently monogamous, but for the most part, I have detached from the idea that sex and love are the same thing. Polyamory is interesting in the idea of loving multiple people and polygamy is the same thing where it's, uh, I have these 
multiple wives. They all are raising our kids together. That part I really like. I really mm-hmm. like that idea of like a community of uh, parents raising kids together. All this this huge network of siblings. That's all cool to me. I I wouldn't do it under the pretenses of I could completely live with Jason and his girlfriend and if we had a big enough space and their kids if they had kids more kids that are related to my kids like I could completely do that Hmm. um I could live in a in a communal I would probably end up fucking my sister wives though so I mean I I couldn't do the religious thing but I could I would love to be in like a communal love triad like what it is but everyone that's poly so uh weird you know what i mean it's like i would be down to do this if you were just like me though i can't say everyone that's polys but that's not fair but most of uh, a lot i actually have a good friend that is that isn't weird but anyway so i that's what i liked about all these polygamy shows is how how much they push that boundary and challenge themselves to not be codependent and to not not be jealous and to and to and to grow is that do they get into that on the show a lot yeah they talk about like you know like other, so they're not perfect they at it. With jealousy, no, huh? The, I don't like how they deal with it because I feel there's a lot of catering to jealousy. Where I feel like if you really want to conquer jealousy, you have to force yourself. You have to stop giving it, uh, giving it an audience. Like you have to stop treating it like it's a a worthwhile thing to have so like it he doesn't show affection to any of the wives in front of the other wives because it makes them jealous where i feel like well then you're just going to struggle with jealousy your whole life where i think you should burn jealousy out uh by desensitizing yourself to it and so i would say that that rule by being sensitive to jealousy you're giving jealousy more power if that makes sense does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So that is uh, for me rather than dealing with you. Like I'm not going to be in a poly uh, polygamous marriage for 30 years and still be dealing with jealousy at the end of 30 years. Like uh, hopefully I, I will figure out a way to yeah. transcend jealousy and jealousy has so many different forms. You know, you have fear of loss. Like obviously in this situation, the man's not going to divorce you they don't get to vote. You know what I mean? It's all wrapped up in their religious belief. Yeah. It's a, so the only, is the only difference between polyamory and polygamy, just one of them's getting married to them and the others are just, I'm just dating these people. Is there a difference? There's What's so the many different kinds of uh, polyamory. So in, uh, from the books I've read, you have the hierarchy in polyamory. You have like the hierarchy thing where you have a primary, you have one primary partner. That's your main, that's like your home base partner. You live with that person sometimes. And then so all of the rules are are between you and the and the the primary partner and then everyone else would be called a secondary and that's the that's the hierarchy layout and not everybody does that Is there any tertiaries? Was it just They do call it tertiaries. Okay. Also. And so there is I read a lot of stuff about the conflict between secondaries and primaries and a lot of times it's secondary's feelings aren't taken into consideration because it's all about what the primary wants so like let's yeah. okay let's yeah, say we're so in that, that already seems does like the i the idea of how i at least how i would get sold on polyamory is just you know this idea of free love and no i you know like the no expectations things you've talked to me about that's that's led me to think more about polyamory uh, but just a hierarchy already sounds bad to me. There are a lot of people that feel like that's not a fair setup. So kind of what I had sent you an article about how now every douchebag who just doesn't want to commit in a relationship calls himself Polly. Is that an article or not, reductress headline? It was a, it was a, no. We I, share so lots much, of reductress headlines yeah, as well. so fucking good. <laughs> No, there was an article recently about how, uh, and I, Virginia Jones and I, I think we're just talking about this. There, uh, there's a difference between polyamory and just fucking people and never committing in a relationship. Like polyamory is committed relationships that include multiple people. So if you just want to never commit and just and just fuck people and not ever have to worry about anyone's feelings or or navigate a relationship you're just single playing the field you're not polyamorous okay so there is 
a lot of times polyamory it's like you have one main girlfriend like that's your that's the person you take if you're going to a family member's wedding that is uh probably a bad example but that's that's your home base <laughs> that's often who you live with really okay and then you have other uh relationships but if you have to uh someone has to take precedence it's the it's the primary so a okay. lot of people have gotten away from that model of it. All right, it was just the the idea of why you would want more than one person. Um, the, as I understand, it's like you got more needs. You got in it, and it's like so. Why if you if 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 this person fulfills this need and that person fulfills this need, and if you love both of them, if you if you you know are just fascinated by both of them and you just like you you just have more room in your heart to love yeah lots of people and then like that also allows for more independence right say uh if you need it if you're someone that's like i can't be constantly in a relationship if i uh need space and stuff but you don't right like you need to be with someone it's like all right well like that's why you've got more people than just me Right? Yeah. Like you can, I can be uh, alone sometimes and you can uh, hang out or whatever like that. I can, I, I, I can start to understand that. I can see that. Uh, I think, I don't know. The hierarchy thing tr- just trips me up. So what you have a lot of times is people are monogamous and then decide to open their relationship. Mm-hmm. But like if you and I are already in a relationship, we already live together and we have decided to open up our relationship. Uh, uh, a lot of times it's baby steps first it's just sex only and then it's okay. like we're opening up to the okay. idea of that but like you and I are a couple we live together and in order to open up this space sometimes a person needs more uh, freedom or needs more variety but I'm your primary partner okay and a lot of times it's about kids a lot of times it's about well, yeah. money that's a huge uh, primary thing is that, that your finances are often joint. So it's essentially like wives and girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Right, on sister wives, on sister wives, do any of the sister wives have jobs? Yeah. So jo- now they're and all like Now this is just owners. polygamy, right? Like, I'm, yeah. like we're switching over to polygamy, polygamy. just for, but like uh, for there, this is how I understood like, I don't know, the polygamy that you see out in Utah and Nevada and stuff is that uh, it's, it's patriarchal. Yeah, it's, uh, the so guys, these guys, the guys actually, in charge. Uh, he, it's a, obviously a patriarchal setup because it's one man and a bunch of women. But uh, I liked this family in that they were very open if any of their kids were gay, and they were uh, not forcing their children into polygamy or Mormonism. Uh, they were very open to whatever their children decided to do, and he was ve- he was not a very. Uh, they were all pretty strong women. Two of them, at least, were like very strong, uh, independent women. So one of them had to work. She was like, "I have like I have to work. I can't sit here with these kids." And then like two of them were just really into kids, and so she she the two that were really into okay. being moms, and so it's just kind of working together as yeah, one and big that's, family. I love that I, part. I, like I do see a benefit in it, like if we, you pool your resources. You, everybody can get more of what they want. Yeah. You know, like uh, if she's like, I'm the one that wants to work and they're like, we're the ones that want to stay with the kids. It's like, all right, well, great. We can all make that. Everyone can get exactly what they want here. Yeah. Uh, And that does, uh, that sounds fine. But uh, yeah, I just, I feel like I've got, polygamy is a triggering word for me because my whole life uh, people would be like, Mormons, how many moms do you have? Uh, And and stuff like those. I remember, uh, of my like this girl that like the girl whose whose bra I almost touched mm-hmm. uh like when she first met me she was like uh you so you're Mormon like do you have like uh well I know not like ignorant or anything I know you'd only have one mom but do your does your mom have more moms <laughs> <laughs> 
how many grandmas do you have? And I was like, I just have two grandmas, you know? So I feel like people were always asking me about polygamy stuff and I always got, always got defensive. And then right. I would hear people tell jokes. Like I, I remember hearing like Todd Glass tell a joke and me getting really defensive. Me like, we're not like that. That's not true. Cause he was like, I don't understand Mormons. How do you have more than one wife? And I was like, we don't, we don't have more than one wife, you know? Uh, and then I always had like the, the very rational explanation behind why we used to practice polygamy and why God in his wisdom, uh, told us to stop practicing polygamy and so we did and you know but like eventually like in the celestial order i mean polygamy is going to return and it's not that big of a deal it makes sense and then i went got older and started thinking about that more started thinking about how women get shafted in my church where i'm like and then and then your job in it like so my heaven is i get to create planets and have many many wives and and your heaven is you make babies for me. Yeah. And you also don't get to do it. Like I just, I, I had that. And then after that, like I learned the true history of our church's polygamy. And I learned that like all the stuff that they had to, like downplayed about Joseph was, were, were lies that all these like that, that put and then believe me seemed very gross, very bad, very harmful to women like that's that's what i think of when i hear polygamy yeah so then i mean i've never watched big love i've never watched sister wives didn't even know that there was more than one sister wife show uh the it, most that i've tolerated i feel like is that uh these two comedians in boise uh jinx jenkins and alicia donahue have have uh like the, the second uh tab of the left me like that night they were like we'll be your sister wives <laughs> and it's been a constant <laughs> joke throughout it's just the like when i know i know you're grieving right now all right no rush but when you're ready we've already called dibs on being your sister wives <laughs> like you know the, so i don't like that's the only uh other than uh, uh, other than my future sister wives Jinx and Alicia I've I've never thought about it. I'm not fully endorsing by the way cuz there are You're just things interested that I in don't it. like but I I am interested in anyone that does anything uh, other than what everyone else is doing and I am interested in love in all of its forms at the opening of uh Sister Wives it says love is supposed to be multiplied not divided. I think that's, that's, that's not a really stupid one. I said it. <laughs> oh my god! Multiplied, not divided. divided. Okay, sure. I don't think that's it. We'll edit that out. Um, I just think I just think it's so interesting, and I uh, monogamy uh, in in practice. I just we were talking about this on on Jay's podcast where. And then it's another subject that when you start talking about it, people get very defensive. And it's like, I'm not saying that nobody should be monogamous. I'm just saying, here's a model that usually doesn't work. Not that I don't challenge things that do work. But here's a model that causes a lot of pain and uh, destruction and uh, heartache why don't we just ask ourselves where did it come from first of all which i don't know if it's true or not i watched a thing a the, cartoon that prager university uh, thing that it was about uh the ownership of land yeah and yeah. that in order to hand it down you needed to know which vagina your kid came out or whatever and then which makes sense I yeah. get that. So I think if it's, uh, you know, I always assumed it just came from religion, which was just all about oppressing women. But you get tons of dudes because I, I have in past situations, even the marriage where I got cheated on all the time, had I asked that husband, like, why don't we just have an open marriage? He would have rejected that because as much as he wants to fuck other women, he can't handle the idea of his wife fucking someone else. And I think a lot of men are like that. Yeah. Uh, they You're supposed would do to keep away. that hole for me. Yeah, they That's would mine. do away with monogamy if, like, they just got to do it. <laughs> and uh, I think I just think I think it's an outdated model that maybe doesn't work very well, especially these days. There are a lot of people that say that there's too much connection and technology making it so much more difficult to stay monogamous. Uh. 
because of all the apps that were all on it so easy to <laughs> flirt or whatever and i never really thought of it that way but there are a lot of people that say that hmm. and i just think uh so what if you just did a, what if that never existed what if we never those two things were never synonymous like what if love and and monogamy were never like we think that it's the same thing we only think that because that's what we were told our whole lives so what if that didn't exist what if that was just something you shared with whoever you felt like sharing it with and uh, it wasn't the same thing as as love and relationships? That's just talking about non-monogamy, just like open like yeah. sex. Yes. Uh, the, the loving more than one person as a whole. Of Which thing. I am totally coming around to. I don't think. Non-monogamy, you mean? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if I'm coming around to it. You can't say that because I'm also just not. Yeah, you're just giving myself to a relationship yeah. at all because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that. So I'm basically just uh, fucking. I'm just the the guy from the reductress article, essentially. Yeah. But I think that makes sense. You know, I think that a lot of my pain in the divorce just came from the idea that we you're supposed to be with one person forever. Yeah, and that sh- shattered my world when I was like, how is she with someone else already? What? Yeah. Whoa, what? How's that possible? So, like, had you uh, been raised in the idea of loving more than one person at once? It's difficult to be codependent, to have unhealthy love, to have that brand of unhealthy love. That brand. I was going to say, I feel like I know plenty of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. poly people who are unhappy. I feel like, I, like I, My problem with polyamory is that I don't, I've never seen a good example of it. I, 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 all the people that I know that practice it seem like they're always like they're they're also breaking up and having fights and being codependent and you know they have the same they have the same issues. I haven't been to be honest. I haven't been exposed when I'm when I talk about poly people. I'm mostly talking about people on the internet. So I haven't been exposed to a lot of yeah. of it. These but to are be all fair, most of your friends with. are people on the internet. That is like true. all of your. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. For you, dangerous. for you, polyamory is the same as the same as memes. <laughs> just like I just, I just know them from my internet friends. Are you gonna polish off that bottle of wine? Why are you calling me out on that? <laughs> I'm just picking it up and looking at it. <laughs> Balance happens when who you were meant to be and who you are come into one. That does not say that on that fucking bottle of wine. I, this is like the the Bazooka Joe of wines. Uh, they've got, <laughs> they come they, on the on the bottom of the label comes with little maxims. Uh, balance happens when who you were meant to be and who you are come into one. Bottoms up, bitch. <laughs> this is uh, Aaron and Jessa saying, "Keep thrusting." Keep humping. <laughs> Don't just sit there. If you're in there, if you're in it, be in it to win it. Mormon and the meth head. <laughs> if you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron Woodall and Jessa read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Show. <laughs>